everyone and welcome back to the Rise and Shine podcast. Today I will be talking about the imposter syndrome but before I get started I actually want to give you a little heads up because as you may or may not know I live in a college house and we are getting towards the end of the academic summer so students are coming back to campus, they're moving in and also in my college house students are moving in as we speak and this means that there will probably be some background noises, some disruptions in this podcast episode. I've already tried to find the quietest spot possible for me to record this, but if there are any like noises in the background, you know what that's from and it's I, I don't know, like I, there's nothing I can do about it. Okay, so let's get into today's topic. So I have decided to dedicate today's episode to the imposter syndrome because there have been a lot of conversations, really valuable conversations, especially in the past one and a half years about mental health and some issues that people may have with mental health. And there are of course also things that I am personally struggling with, even though I really try to keep it together most of the time. Um, everybody has those things and everybody has those insecurities and I'm actually a little bit afraid to record today's episode because I will be sharing some of those insecurities of mine with you and I'm getting vulnerable so this actually takes some courage of mine to to open up and do that but um, I really hope that maybe some of you will be able to relate to what I'm talking about and I think it is important to have those conversations around mental health topics and to normalize talking about it with other people. So finally, let's get started. In the recent couple of weeks and especially in this past week, I've been feeling kind of down on myself. I have been working a lot i have been really trying to be focused um but i never felt like i was productive enough i never felt like i was accomplishing the tasks that i did to my own satisfaction and i've been starting to feel really frustrated um with myself and also with the work that i was doing and then i didn't notice it at first but old thought patterns that I used to have when I first started graduate school started to come back in and I've been asking myself wow what if people find out that I'm not as that I'm not working as hard as I should be that I'm not working um, as efficient or as like, productively as I should be what if the work that I do doesn't mean anything to anybody what if the university stops paying me to do my research because they think just you know like I thought in that moment that my work was not the quality that it should be at at that point and so those were some of the thoughts that I had in this moment and then I stopped myself and I thought to myself okay well I'm feeling bad but I know that it is not un uncommon to feel like that and Maybe you have had similar thoughts and feelings as well. And if so, then welcome to the club because you might also be experiencing what science calls the imposter syndrome. Of course, there's a spectrum as to how intense the imposter syndrome can be or, you know, whether, you know, there's no like 
line that you can draw and you can say okay if you if your feelings are on this side of the line you don't have the imposter syndrome versus if your feelings are on the other side of the line you do have the imposter syndrome but there is a spectrum for it and um there's actually a pretty good self-diagnostic test online that you can take and i will leave the link in the show notes um, so you can see and test for yourself if you like test into um, having the imposter syndrome or not but um, i will also go over the questions that are being asked in this test right now so you can feel free to answer these questions for yourself right now in this podcast and um, your answers can be anything ranging from i strongly agree with this or i do not agree with this so the i can read them out to you the like the answer options are i strongly agree i agree i somewhat agree or somewhat disagree then i disagree and then i strongly disagree so there are five different options so the first question of this test was i feel like i don't deserve any of the success i have attained and you can answer for yourself <laughs> what you feel like if you agree with this uh, sentence or if you disagree with this or if your response is anything in between the second um, statement was even if people praise my skills i still don't think i am as accomplished as they think i am and this is something that i super super strongly agree with no matter what i do i never think that i'm as accomplished as you know other people might make me uh like might perceive me the third statement is i may get rewards for my hard work but i don't feel like i have earned them and this is a really tough one that i also experience a lot of the time and yeah you can see for yourself how you feel about it the fourth statement is i am afraid that people will soon realize that i am not as smart as i make myself out to be and again, this is another one that I strongly agree with. I definitely, I'm scared that people find out that I'm actually not smart, but that I'm actually like, yeah, not intelligent. <laughs> and um, yeah, that will, that will be super bad for me. Um, the fifth statement is most of the accomplishments I have were just a fluke. Um, yeah, so you can see for yourself how you feel about that. And then the sixth statement is, I find it difficult to accept compliments. And then lastly, the seventh statement is, I downplay my achievements because I don't think they are as amazing as people think they are. Okay, and you can also see how you feel about this one. And if you have, you know, had an inclination for most of these statements, that you agree with them somewhat or you strongly disagree with them, then you are likely to be under the impact of the imposter syndrome as well. But actually, just, you know, because you kind of test into experiencing the imposter syndrome, that's not really a reason to feel bad about yourself. And he is why. A Twitter poll found that 87% of people said that they had experienced the imposter syndrome at some point in their lives. And 
I haven't been able to find a lot of background information on this poll. So for example, I don't know when it was launched and I have no idea how many people participated in this poll. But there is another set of data that I found online and that stems from a study that was conducted in the UK and um, that surveyed 3000 adults, about half of which were women and half of which were men. And in this um, study, 66% of women say that they have experienced the imposter syndrome at work over the 12 over the past 12 months so not in the entire lifetime which is what the twitter poll asked but just in the past 12 months and um, for men it was 56 percent so just about half or a little over half of the participants who said that they have experienced the imposter syndrome in the past 12 months so we can see that um, women are 18% more likely than men, according to the study, to experience the imposter syndrome. And of course, I'm not saying that men are like not likely to experience it because I guess a lot of what goes into whether you feel it or not is the job that you're holding or your job title and then also your like, personality or your character. So the survey continued. They asked people what caused um, the imposter syndrome for them. And a quarter of the people, so 26%, said that receiving criticism was the biggest cause for feeling the imposter syndrome. Another big reason for people experiencing the imposter syndrome was the fact that they were having to ask for help. And... Um, Another reason was colleagues using confusing acronyms or technical jargon and that was um, named as a reason to feel the imposter syndrome by about 16%. So criticism, feeling helpless or having to ask for help as well as people who you know, use confusing language is are uh, key causes for people to feel the imposter syndrome. For me personally, um, not really any of these causes is the root of the imposter syndrome. But I also think that there are differences across um, the career paths as to what makes you feel at, like an imposter or not. There is another set of research that found that employees who work in creative arts and design are most likely to experience the imposter syndrome. And about 87% of the people in creative jobs say that they are experiencing the imposter syndrome. And then another sector of uh, people who've experienced the imposter syndrome is people working in environment and agriculture, I, and that is 79%. And then also another um, yeah, business branch that has a lot of people experiencing the imposter syndrome is information and analysis. So yeah, I'm not exactly sure what those jobs um, exactly mean. But um, for me, that already gave me a lot of clarity because even though I'm not working in creative arts or in design, I can see how the creative aspect of being a researcher in my case and also a writer contributes to me uh, personally experiencing the imposter syndrome. And I don't know, maybe you can kind of 
see for yourself if you are experiencing the imposter syndrome and if you work in any of those um, careers how you know that makes sense for you as well because I think it does make a lot of sense when you create something with your mind or with your hands or whatever and you put it out there and you put it up uh, for scrutiny by other people you're making yourself very vulnerable and you're basically inviting other people to take a critical stance towards your work and if you like me are a creator of any sort of kind keep this in mind because I think that is so important to acknowledge you are a creator and not everybody has the ability to create something so having this creative energy is a gift and not everybody has it and that is something that you can be proud of and also you are putting yourself out there you're putting your thoughts out there you're putting your work out there and that takes a lot of courage and bravery and not everybody does that in fact very few people do that and i think you know just doing that is something that you can be really really proud of yes i kept the dolphin i thought he was really cool <laughs> But then there is also stuff that data just cannot measure. And sometimes it is, you know, more than just the immediate criticism that you face in a situation that causes you to feel like an imposter. Or sometimes it is more than just not understanding the complicated language in that situation that makes you feel like you're not belong where you are at right now and for many of us including myself the imposter syndrome goes a lot deeper so i'm quoting here a twitter post by alexandria ocasio-cortez that was published on december 21st 2019 and she writes a lot of people who struggle with imposter syndrome haven't realized yet that what they are actually competing with is intergenerational wealth. Be patient and kind to yourself. And I know that Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez in this instance is talking about wealth as in money, but I think that wealth can also be wealth of other things than just money. It can be it can be wealth in the capacity to love. It can be wealth in the capacity to have intellectual accomplishments. It can be wealth in the sense that you just have an amazing family life. And a lot of us lack this kind of stuff. And in the light of that, the quote or this Twitter post from Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez rang really, really true to me. A lot of the time, what causes us to feel like an imposter stems from a very, very deep insecurity. Maybe you come from a poor family and maybe your parents or other members of your family haven't paved a way for you in business, in education or in other areas of your life. Or maybe 
you have chosen to do something radically different from what your family has pointed you to. For example, maybe you didn't choose to continue running the family business or um, maybe you did not go to med school like your parents would have liked for you and you became an artist instead. So whenever you kind of fall out of tradition or when you try to do something that is very, very different from what you, what your family, what your ancestors has get, have given you the blueprint for, uh, you may, might feel like an imposter. And that is, I think, what contributes a lot to me feeling the imposter syndrome. In my family, nobody has gone to college. Um, my parents, neither of them, don't even have like a high school degree or in Germany, we call it Abitur, so none of my parents have that even. And then here I am, you know, going to an Ivy League school, trying to become a doctor in philosophy. So that is a very, very daunting endeavor. And I'm really scared of not being recognized as smart enough or good enough for what I'm doing here. A lot of the time I feel like an imposter. I feel like it's just a matter of time until people will recognize that I come from a background that has not enjoyed a lot of education, especially because a lot of my peers here have parents who have, you know, college degrees or even higher education degrees or even are some sort of professors themselves. And then If I see myself and my background next to that, I feel very, very insecure. And I think that is what is part of me feeling like an imposter a lot of the time. So, you know, going astray, choosing a different path is something that can make you feel like an imposter. Um, but also, you could feel like an imposter because you're just following a non-traditional path. So maybe you did quit your job after 10 years or whatever because you decided to go back to school. Maybe you decided to stop smoking even though all of your friends still smoke and now you're doubting if you can actually stick with it and actually you know, be like a, a non-smoker. <laughs> and you might feel like an imposter among people who don't smoke because you, you doubt yourself and you don't know if you can actually stick it through. A lot of the time, um, I have also heard from people who are pregnant or who have just had a kid that they doubt their ability to be a parent and they don't feel like, you know, they feel like an imposter among other parents because they don't actually know what they're doing. So the word doubt that I said a couple of times in the past uh, minute or so so doubt is something that goes along with the imposter syndrome a lot of the time. Carrie Cooper is a professor of organizational psychology and health at the University of Manchester's business school. And he said that the imposter syndrome can have a long-term impact on an individual. He said that it can inhibit, and I quote, productivity and seriously limit an individual's career progression. Self-doubt can also hold a high qualified person back from taking the chances that propel them forward, he said. So even though you might be perfectly qualified and perfectly equipped for what you set out to do, just feeling insecure and feeling doubtful about your own skill and abilities 
can really, really hold you back. And then the same professor, Kerry Cooper, advises that people should remind themselves of their own achievements and their recent wins. And he actually recommends that you keep a little diary or a list of tangible achievements on your phone, on your like notebook or wherever you want to write it down to remind you of that and to, you know, to like give you something that you can that you can look at when you feel insecure about your abilities. He also says that people who feel the imposter syndrome oftentimes overfunction. They strive for, for perfection and they want to desperately prove themselves over and over to themselves and also to others. And this urge can be very counterproductive and also make the problem worse a lot of the time. He says that besides the diary of accomplishments, it is also very helpful to talk to other people about it. Because an outside perspective is a lot of the time all that it takes to remind us that we really deserve to be there and feel more confident. So before I conclude today's episode, I want to tell you what I personally did when I first started graduate school and when all of my insecurities kicked in and I felt the imposter syndrome for the first time, pretty much. I felt like I was so out of place and like I was the biggest imposter there could be. And what I did is I did, you know, some research and like self-help books and stuff like that. But I also found two mantras that really seemed to help me in those situations. And I tried to, you know, really set these mantras up for myself and have all of my actions kind of live up to them. The first mantra was that I told myself, fake it till you make it. And yes, that sounds really basic. We all have heard it. And this mantra was what I really tried to portray to the outside. This meant that I faked my confidence. I faked my belief in the quality of my work. And even though I thought what I did was not smart or like was not good enough, I tried to make it sound or look like I, I thought it did. And this actually has um, a really good effect because it has been proven that telling yourself things um, like that, or like not only telling yourself it, but also telling it to other people will ultimately make yourself believe in it. And ultimately, you will start believing that you are confident and that your work is amazing. It's, I think maybe you have heard about it. Like if you have a bad day, actually psychologists recommend that you sit in front of the mirror and that you force yourself to smile. And that um, the forced smile in the mirror you will, your brain will see it and your brain will recognize that somebody is smiling and that you are smiling. So your brain will be tricked into thinking that you're actually happy. And that's, you know, how your mood improves when we're having a bad day. Like, I know that's like a completely different example, but I think the effect is very similar. So when you keep telling yourself over and over that you are confident, you're kicking ass, your work is awesome, then ultimately you will start to believe that. And that was something that really, really, really helped me so much. I really faked it. I faked the confidence and it did work out to some extent. And then my second mantra was something that I didn't really portray so much to the outside, but that I kind of took for myself to my own kind of work ethic. And I told myself, confidence is to know that you have put the work into it. 
And I believe that this is a quote that is from some sort of military person. But it is also what has helped me so much in grad school. And it, I believe that it just can be helpful in a lot of other situations as well uh, to people who are struggling with self-doubt. Because when you put in the work and you have like a clean conscience and you really know that you have done everything you could then you can be confident in that knowledge and that gives you a lot of power because yes when you don't give it your all and you feel insecure you know that you could have worked harder you know that you could have pushed more but if you if you take that away that factor and if you give it your all and you cannot blame yourself for slacking or not trying hard enough then that is some sort of confidence that you can draw from that and that is something that helped me so much um yeah it gave me peace of mind i started to feel more confident but of obviously if you put your best effort in all the time that is extremely exhausting so in this you actually need to make sure that you give yourself breaks and that you rest so those were the two things that i actively did to fight <laughs> the imposter syndrome And um, it worked uh, to some extent, even though now I have another stretch of really feeling it and really not feeling great about myself. So yes, you can actively work on getting rid or getting over the imposter syndrome at the moment. Um, but chances are that the imposter syndrome will never entirely leave you. And I have heard that from several people before that, you know, they do something, they work on it, but it does come back. And I think we need to remind us that it is okay that the imposter syndrome might come back because maybe those insecurities that you have are just not resolved or yeah, there's there are many factors that go into it. And I think I was able to talk about this a little bit in this episode. I think it is most important to remind ourselves of our overarching goal that we are working for and also the value that the work has for ourselves and for others. And we can apply techniques such as um, the professor of organizational psychology, Kerry Cooper has said, like having a, a little diary where we keep our achievements and talking to others to put our own uh, thoughts into perspective. So. I hope this episode has helped you a little bit to shed light on the imposter syndrome, also to hear from me and my own struggles with the imposter syndrome. And maybe if you yourself are struggling with the imposter syndrome, maybe this episode has made you feel a little bit less alone. And definitely for me, doing the research on it has already made me feel less alone because I found out that so many people are struggling with it. So if you have any thoughts or any feedback on this episode, I would love if you could reach out and let me know what you thought. Or I don't know, maybe you want to tell me about how your imposter syndrome surfaces and how you feel about it. And if not, then I hope you stay tuned for next week's episode. Have a great week, guys.